been enjoying your Bible reading over these past uh, several weeks. Yeah, lots of you guys are digging into God's Word, and we're so excited about that. And uh, as we had our missions guest, uh, Jeff, coming uh, to be with us, I called up Jeff. This is uh, several months ago. We knew that we were going to be doing this. I said, hey, on the Sunday that you're going to be with us, would it be okay if I gave you an assignment to preach from the portion of Scripture that we've been reading? He said, absolutely. And I said, all right, we're going to give you Hezekiah. <laughs> he said, what? No, I'm just kidding. And, uh, and I said, hey, and I gave him the assignment. I knew which week uh, we would be tracking through. And so this morning, he's going to be preaching from Romans, Colossians, Ephesians, Philemon, Philippians, First and Second Timothy, and Titus. So second service will just be joining us. And uh, this week's uh, reading was awesome, wasn't it? And as we read through Scripture and uh, lots of different little pieces kind of put together, you see the heart of God uh, for His people, and you, really to see Paul and the way he related to, to the people that he loved so much. And what I love Greg did, and, and you're going to see here in just a second, is he took that and, and uh, well, I'm just going to let him do it. So Jeff, I just called you Greg again. Man, I am butchering. I'm sorry. But let's hear it again for Jeff Bassett, the great. <laughs> I just want to say we're professional church visitors, and uh, one of the things that we love about this church is that you feel like a family. So thanks for being a fun family. Uh, that's how church is supposed to be. Um, we're really excited that you guys are going through the New Testament, and something that we share a lot, and we believe because it's true, is that uh, if you take a highlighter and you start to highlight, and I encourage you to do this in the New Testament as you read through Take a highlighter and start highlighting the parts of your Bible that say things like all nations and all authority and Gentiles and Jews and, and that every tongue and every tribe. And As you start to highlight those parts of your Bible, you'll notice that your Bible will start to turn the color of a highlighter. Someone, someone told, uh, we heard, it was a great missionary that once said that if you take missions out of the Bible, you'll be left with just covers. And uh, it's true that God's a missionary God. You can, for those of you that love to study, you can study the Missio Dei, which is a you know, it sounds better if you put it in Latin. It's the mission of God, um, that God's heart and the reason for the Bible and the reason that we're all still on earth and not in heaven yet is because there's still tongues and people groups that haven't heard of Jesus. In China, there's over 400 people groups that have yet to have an adequate witness of the gospel. Nearly 80% of the people groups in, in China, which makes up nearly 20% of the world, uh, has little or no access to the gospel. Um, and so I just want to share with you uh, what missions is. If, if I could just give a title to the next few minutes, it would be missions is. And you can put that slide up there. Um, and I went through Romans all the way to Titus and uh, looked for parts uh, that have to do with missions. And I just want to read a few ver a verse from each one of the books that you are reading that has to do with missions. Uh, almost every chapter of the entire Bible has something about God's heart. Um, and it, it's awesome to study. But Romans 1 verse 5 says, we have received grace and apostleship to bring, uh, to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of his name among all nations, right? It's God's heart for those, for the Quay people and the Uyghur people and all the nations that uh, are in the world. Second Corinthians, or 1 Corinthians 15 24, um, it says, then comes the end when Christ delivers the kingdom of God 
the Father after destroying after destroying every rule and every authority and power. We love that because there's still some rules and authority that aren't under Jesus in China. And we pray that verse. God, you said that you cared about every rule, that every rule and every authority, that every tribe and every president and every chief would all come underneath Jesus, right? Second uh, Corinthians 5.19 says, For God was in Christ reconciling the world back to him, and not counting their transgressions or trespasses against them. In Galatians uh, chapter 3, it says, In Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham has come upon the nations, and we might, that we might receive the power of the promised spirit. Um, in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 10, it says, His plan for the, faithfulness, for the fullness of times is to sum up all things in Christ and all things in heaven and all things on earth. That God's an inclusive God, right? He cares, about, he cares about the nations. As we read this, I just pray that the Holy Spirit, that his mission would impact our hearts. That he, yes, he cares about the people in this area. Yes, he cares about all of Michigan. And he cares about all of America. But he also cares about the entire world, all nations. There's still about a third that are in desperate need of the gospel, about two-thirds that don't have anywhere near the access we have, and then a, the privileged third that we sit amongst. That we have so much of the gospel, we become connoisseurs, and we say, you know, that Christian station's a little cheesy. I'm going to go over to the next Christian station because that version of the gospel doesn't quite fit my palate. So I'm going to go over to this version. Of, uh, that one doesn't quite. You know, this book is written with a little bit of, you know, man, two-thirds of the world is starving for any of the gospel. And as we read the Bible, we need to have the Holy Spirit impact us with that his heart is for the nations, not just for the privileged third. Um, Philippians, it said that every knee should bow and that every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. In Colossians, it says, Colossians chapter 1, verse 6, it says the gospel has come to you, and in, indeed, in the whole world, it is bearing fruit and growing. First Thessalonians, it says, your faith in God will go forth everywhere. Uh, second Th uh, Thessalonians, I said Colossians, I don't know what book that is. Uh, Thessalonians, uh, chapter 1, 7, and 8, says the Lord will reveal uh, himself from heaven with mighty angels to everyone. And then in 1 Timothy 3, it says, Christ was manifest in the flesh, vindicated in the spirit, sent by angels, preached among all nations, yes. Yes. believed on in the word and taken up in his glory. Second Timothy 4 says, uh, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is the judge of the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, right? That we should preach the word to everyone, to all nations. Um, and then Titus says, the grace that brings salvation to all men has appeared. Jesus fully made himself salvation, not just to the Jews. You think of the people that were reading this were, uh, lived in a really racist time. And for every book of the Bible to have something about all people and all authorities and all nations was really radical because at that time, the common thinking was, we are the chosen. Everybody else is the scum of the earth. God loves us because we're God's children. He blesses us because we're God's children. The rest, we just mow over and take their land, right? But why in the Bible, written probably by, you know, semi-racist people, at least people that grew up in that way of thinking, 
that everywhere through the Bible, there's all nations, all people. Even, even in the Old Testament, there's all nations, all people. Man, it shows that God's heart truly is for the nations. Um, I was walking to my apartment in China, and I saw three students, and they were reading English. And as I was walking to my apartment, in our city, you've got to know, the city that we lived in at that time, uh, there was no other, there were no other foreigners other than my wife and I and our kids in the entire city. The, the Chinese government in each city has a person called a Waibon, and they're the person that you have to check in with. You take your passport. If you're going to leave more than a half hour away, you have to check in with them and say, I'm going to leave more than a half hour away. They're your boss. They're in charge of all the foreigners in the city. Well, our Waibon said, if you need anything, uh, just let me know because you are the only foreigners. <laughs> I could come right over to your house. You know, He had an office. Our, we were on the third level. His office was on the first level. We walked by his office every day because we were the only foreigners in the whole city. So all you hear is Chinese, all you see is Chinese, everything is Chinese. My wife uh, missed reading English books. You ask her what she most missed in China, she'll say, I missed reading English. Uh, so as I'm walking to my apartment, I see three, or I hear three students and they're reading English. And they're reading like this. Hello, today I got a job at a KFC, and I like it to eat chicken, and I like it to eat corn on the cob. And I, I thought, is my mind, do I just miss America so much? As I'm walking, like, you know, in the cartoons when the dog's tongue turns into pizza, I'm like, oh, I like it to eat corn on the cob, too. <laughs> I like, you know, and I go over and I, I said, ni hao yanda wai jiao, which is, hello, I'm an English teacher at this university. And we went back and forth and through my Chinglish and their Chinglish, we started talking. And um, I said, I, I noticed that you're reading English. And man, that honors me so much that you're studying my language. And I want to study yours and your culture. And if we can help each other, I would love to help you read English, and maybe you can help me learn Chinese. And they said, oh, we, we'll we would, you'll be our teacher? We'd love it if you're our teacher. So every Tuesday, we would meet, and we would read whatever they brought. They'd get stuff off the internet, and I would say, I like to eat corn on the cob, and they'd say, I like it to eat corn on the cob, and we'd back and forth, back and forth, me and these three students. After about a month of doing this, I said, you know what, guys? The stuff that we're reading, it's not, I just, I don't wake up like every day just super excited to read corn on the cob and chicken and stuff like that. So do you mind if we bring some of our favorite literature? And so I brought Psalms and Proverbs and poems by missionaries and anything I could think of that would point them to Jesus. And we started reading it and they said, can we invite our friend? So you can invite whoever you want. I said, well, you know, we're gonna print this off and I'll give it to you. Just make sure that everyone that comes has one of these. You can use a school photocopier. And so these three students decided they're going to invite their friends. And I have some pictures of their friends that they invited. You can put the next slide up there. <laughs> After about eight months, nearly 1,000 students came and read the Bible with us. Wow. On a communist campus, uh, you know, where you're allowed to be, as a foreigner, you're allowed to be a Christian, but proselytizing is really illegal. And for us to even tell our kids, because they're under 18, we could be tried as uh, for child abuse, for sharing the gospel with people. And even in the midst of that, nearly a thousand students came and read the Bible with us. We have a bunch of pictures. You can flip through them. Um, I'll tell you when to stop on the, those are the dorms in the back. Yeah. Yeah, you can stop right there. This guy who's beside me, it's hard to see, but um, his name, his English name is Bruce. He is an adjunct teacher. He helps in the English department there. I don't know if he's a Christian or not. He travels to all kinds of different universities. He noticed what we were doing. He came up to us and he said, hey, 
Uh, I just want to let you know, I know that you're, you're uh, doing this English reading in the morning. I want to let you know I'm connected to the communist government. He knew there was other monitors, communist monitors, that were part of that group watching what we were doing. He said, you know, we've, really, we've been watching you, and we know what you're doing. You know, we know that you're reading English to students. And we've noticed that you have to shout, because there's a lot of us. And so we've asked the student union to set a sound system up for you <laughs> so that you can do it. Like, like, man, it's awesome. Uh, so that's Bruce. They actually still do the reading. Uh, we went back there in October. We were there all of 2011, right? We went back in October 2012. And still, uh, at that time, about 500 students still still reading, even though we're here fundraising, they're still using communist sound systems and reading the Bible. <laughs> and it's awesome. Um, it brings me to my first point about missions, and you can put it up there, uh, is missions is about Jesus. It's got to be about Jesus, right? My generation loves injustices. We love to uh, help, you know, that's why I love Convoy of Hope, because they, they get into the injustice heart, but they bring Jesus with it. Um, not everybody was struck by a tornado. Not the, the entire world was not struck by a tornado last week. Not everybody is uh, a slave. Not everybody is alcoholic or derelict or not everyone is homeless. But all have fallen short of the glory of God and all need Jesus, right? The common denominator through all of us is we all need Jesus. Um, I want to read from Romans. It says in Romans 3, you probably know this, Romans 3 verse 23. There's no difference between Jew and Gentile for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We have to make it about Jesus. The worst injustice, the, the biggest travesty in the world is the person who feeds the homeless, who rescues the slave, who helps uh, the hungry, and leaves out Jesus. Because we still condemn their satisfied bellies and their sheltered families to an eternity of suffering. We sing the song, no lame, no, no suffering, no more pain, no more hiding. Man, the no more hiding resonates with me in a country where we have to hide when we, when we read the Bible. Man, that God can erase all of that. No government program or charity can help that. Jesus is the only one that can provide solutions to that. Amen? Um, it's got to be about Jesus. Romans 10, verse 14 says, How will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him in whom they have not heard and never heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching? And how can they preach unless they are sent? You can put the next picture up there. This is Helen. Helen is a Hue, uh, I should say Hue Muslim, because there's, there really is no category for a Hue person that's not a Muslim. If you follow the Joshua Project or any of those groups that study people groups, they say 100% of the 12 million people that are Hue are Muslim. Well, we met Helen, and we found out she's a Christian, so she's a Hui Christian. And we thought, wow, that's, you know, amazing. And we said, Helen, how did you become a Christian? And to put it in perspective, Helen is one person, right, and there's 12 million people in her entire people group that are all Muslim. She's the only Christian. There's 10 million people in Michigan. So take Michigan, add two more million people, and pretend you're the only Christian in the entire state, and everybody else is Muslim. That's the life that Helen lives. Well, we met Helen, and we said, how did you become a Christian? She said, my father uh, had cancer, and there was a missionary that lived five hours from us, and we had heard that Christians pray for people, even if the people they're praying for aren't Christians. I thought, wow, this is going to be a cool story. She said, I took a five-hour train ride, and I met with this missionary, and I asked him if he would pray for, uh, for my father. I'm like, so God healed your father? And she said, no, my father passed away. 
Helen, how'd you become a Christian, right? And she said, well, a miracle did happen. She said, when my father was on her, his deathbed, he raised his hands to the sky, and he said, which in English is translated, I see Jesus, I see Jesus. <laughs> Helen, with tears in her eyes, turned to me and said that her father turned to her and said, with his dying breath, our family must be Christians. So now Helen is, is, thinks of herself as a missionary to the white people. She said, Jeff, there's no way that you would ever be able to come into our community. She said, even the other Chinese people we hate, she said, we've been oppressed for nearly a thousand years, and we are such a tight group that we don't let anyone in, we don't let anyone out. The only reason we deal with other people is so that we can rip them off and take their money. She said, there is no way that you would ever be welcomed into our community. She said, that's why God called me to be a missionary to the Hawaii people. I'm like, Helen, if there's anything we can do, give us all your prayers. Give us everything, anything we can do to resource you. I said, Helen, that's why God called us to resource people like you. I love it that we travel churches and churches resource us. But then we turn to people like Helen and we resource them. And we, you know, do whatever we can to make them successful and hold their arms up and help her to reach her people. Uh, it's just awesome. You can go to the next slide. I, another observation about missions is that missions is God's will, not mine. I always, you know, I'm blown away by this concept, but that it's God's will, not mine. Uh, because I would say, Helen, you know, if, if I was God, Helen's father gets healed. Everyone that's sick gets healed. We just, like, pass out blessings like crazy. But God, in his divine nature, knew that, you know, he's orchestrating a plan because he cares for the 12 million people, not just Helen's family. And so he did everything by his, his will to have Helen become a missionary to her people. Man, it's, it's so far beyond me. Um, 1 Corinthians, you guys read this too, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 19, uh, tells us that God's going to destroy the world's wisdom. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16, it compels us to have the mind of Christ. Uh, I think you're going through Matthew next week. You'll read the where, Ma where Jesus tells us how to pray. Even Jesus human but still God, teaches us to pray, your will be done, your kingdom come. Even Jesus, it's amazing to me that Jesus, who's God, didn't say this is how you should pray. My will be done. I'm the king, the savior of the universe. Do my will. No, that's not what Jesus said. Even Jesus said we should submit our flesh to the will of the Father. That's the only way that the mission will be complete. It's got to be about God's will. It can't be about ours. Um, you can go to the next slide. It's it's Kublai Khan. This is a guy, this, he's 800 years old in this picture. There's <laughs> a, a statue of him that we took. His name's uh, Kublai Khan. Kublai Khan is grandson of Genghis Khan. Gen has anyone ever heard of Genghis Khan? Genghis Khan conquered the largest known empire in all of history. His, his empire started in Mongolia, took out all of Russia, uh, encapsulated all of Asia, so China, Thailand, Laos, Burma, Vietnam, all of that went all through the Middle East, started to come up into, into Europe and into Northern Africa. So the biggest empire that's ever existed in history, Kublai Khan inherited from his grandfather, Genghis Khan. Kublai Khan knew that he needed a religion that would unify his people, and he had been exposed to Christianity. So he sent, 800 years ago, he sent letters to the European churches and said, will you send 100 missionaries so that our empire can become a Christian empire? 
He said, if you send 100 Christian missionaries, we'll, put, we'll take them all around with uh, imperial guards, and we'll do everything we can to let our empire become a Christian empire. Well, at the time, the European churches were more concerned about defending themselves militarily, and they didn't respond to it. One Franciscan monk, against the will of the people over him, went. So Kublai Khan asked for 100, and one disobedient monk came. Kublai Khan, seeing a lack of response from the European churches, turned to the Dalai Lama and said, if you send 100 Buddhist missionaries, we'll take them all over our empire and we'll become a Buddhist nation. We need a religion that will unify our people. And so the Dalai Lama, history shows that the Dalai Lama did not send 100 missionaries, he sent thousands. <laughs> you think of Asia, what religion do you think of permeates the culture? Look at Laos, Thailand, Burma, China before communism, Japan, Mongolia. It's Buddhism, right? Because, because the seeds of a thousand Buddhist missionaries have grown and produced a great harvest. Because one of the biggest missed opportunities in missions, in Christian missions, I mean, what would have happened if there was a Christian revival in that part, in the 1040 window? If, if that area of the world, the least reached area of the world now, what would have happened if 400 years before America even existed, there was a Christian nation born? I think we'd all be hanging out with Jesus right now, right? And it brings me to the last sobering point about missions, and that's that missions does not wait. Um, there's a million people in the university, in the city that we live in. A quarter of a million of them will graduate. A quarter of a million new students will come. No matter what my wife and I do, that's just trucking on. And our endeavor is to provide, as they come through that window, is to provide them an opportunity to at least know who Jesus is, at least have the option of accepting him. Uh, I want to take you to China with us. We have a video that we're going to show. Um, I wish you could all get on a plane and come to China with me right now because I, it would just seal the importance of what I'm talking about if you could step foot into that country. But through the miracle of modern technology, we're going to go to China for the next three minutes. Is that all right? Yeah. All right, you can show that video. You know, from the moment you step off the plane, you can feel it. You can feel it in the air. There's this kind of, this kind of heaviness. It's what a place without Jesus feels like. cities, millions of people without access to the gospel.
But if you look for it, if you're sensitive, you see something else. You see God's love for his people. start this English reading program and it's just amazing to watch God draw his children. It's amazing to see as Jesus was lifted up high that everyone was drawn to him. His children were being drawn to their father. So Jesus looked over the crowd, he saw sheep without a shepherd, and he sent missionaries. The worship team can come up if you want. I want to just pray with you um, and give you a, a moment not to respond to me, but to respond to the Holy Spirit. We, we pray that when we come to churches that we can... Um, not in part ourselves, but that we can just have a front row seat to what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life. It's an awesome privilege of ours to get to see people's lives changed and see people, uh, you know, that already have a fire for missions, but see God enable them. The Bible says that every good intention that we have is that God gives us the ability to fulfill those good intentions. My wife, I probably drive my wife nuts because every time we see people, every time like the convoy hope stuff we're like man we should do this we should do this how can we possibly not do something uh, but then we look in, in the natural and we say well that's how we can not do something because we can right uh, but we've also seen that we're part we're people of the kingdom that we there is a supernatural component to our lives because we have the holy spirit in us and uh, through his power we're able to respond in ways that in the natural are impossible and through his power we're able to have a relationship with a God who um, is supernatural. It's the amazing miracle that Jesus died on the cross and rose again, gave us opportunity to have communion with God, the, the God who threw the stars into the universe, that we get to call him Father, and it's awesome. And so I just want to uh, just ask you if you could close your eyes and bow your head. I'm going to ask you a few questions, and then we're going to have a chance to respond. Um, we just want to pause the service right here there's people in this room that you maybe you've been a Christian for a while and then you walked away, maybe you've never accepted God, Jesus into your life and, um, you know, no matter what I say, the Holy Spirit's talking to you and it's fine and I hope that you've tuned me out and just listened to the Holy Spirit if you're in this room and you're saying man, I, I need to 
get my life right with God, and I need to have that love, you know. We had that word this morning that my testimony is I grew up in church my whole life. I felt condemnation and religion my whole life. From as long as I can remember, I remember my dad being a deacon. I remember having to wear the right clothes and come say the right things and not disappoint my father, my earthly father. But then when I was 15 years old, I sat in a place just like you're sitting here, and a youth pastor asked me if I wanted to become a Christian, and I raised my hand, and I felt love and acceptance and family come over me. Man, it's awesome. So if that's you, if you're in this room, I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to give you an amazing opportunity. If you can just raise your hand, I want to pray with you. your church and family here. We appreciate uh, God's heart that's here. That that promise and that uh, that offer has no exp- expiration date while you're still breathing. So those of you that, if you're here and you're like, you know, I'm just not ready, that's totally fine. We're happy that you're here. We want to be family with you. Uh, but just know that at any moment, God's with you saying, I want to, I want a relationship with you. So then the next question, we can hit play on the service again. <laughs> the next question is, um, you can, yeah, you can lift your, uh, you can look at me. <laughs> no, yeah. Uh, if you're here and you're like, man, I, I just feel like God wants to enable me to do supernatural response to mission. I feel, I, I'm not going to try to pretend to be God and try to say it has to be in China or, you know, the Holy Spirit is amazing and he individually works with all of us and. He doesn't play checkers with us like we're all the same piece. He plays chess with us, right? We're all individually crafted pieces that all have different moves. And if we're obedient to the moves that God's designed us to have, then then we can walk in the supernatural. Uh, And so if you're like, you know, I feel like God's maybe playing chess with me and he wants to teach me some new moves that I have, um, I want to pray with you if that's all right. I'm just going to be bold and ask uh, that we can be family together and then I can pray with you. So I'm going to pray and just ask that God speaks to you. And if you feel like you want to respond and have God just seal something in you, when I say amen, we're going to come up here and and, uh, I'll give it over to Pastor Ben. All right? You guys with me? So what we're going to do is just going to ask God, do you want me to do anything? Is there there anything that you want to, do you want me to stretch? I'm not, I know as missionaries we come up here, we already took the offering, so that part's done. I'm not talking about, you know, financial gain for my wife and I. Uh, I'm talking about kingdom game for you and the people that you're going to influence and Holy Spirit empowerment to do those things. So I'm going to pray. Lord, thank you so much for this day. God, thank you for these amazing, precious, awesome people. I pray for every single individual here. God, I pray your Holy Spirit enables them to do every good intention that they have. God, I pray that those that feel like they need to go on a short-term trip or those that feel like they need to step out and talk to a co-worker or pray for their family more, uh, those that feel like they need to do more, just, God, we don't, I just pray you enable us to do those things. We know that it's not by our works that we're saved. We know that it's not even by our talent and our works that, that the kingdom moves forward. It's by your spirit, that you pour your spirit out on all flesh. God, I pray that you do that now. We're not worthy of it, but you privilege in pouring your spirit out on us. We're thankful for that. 
I pray for every person here that you'd give them Holy Spirit boldness, that in this moment as you're asking them to step out and uh, come up here and just in a, in a practical way show that they're responding to you, Jesus, and to have accountability amongst their church, God, I pray that you give them boldness and that, um, that your Holy Spirit is imparted into every heart here. Lord, stir us for mission to be holy and awesome and powerful and amazing name. Amen. All right, you can come up here and we'll pray together. Come on, let's move. Let's let's stand if you're feeling called and uh, want a, a special touch. I've watched Jeff and Andrea uh, over the last, just come on if you're feeling called. Uh, they've got an incredible favor of God on their lives. And if you would love uh, for them to just pray for you and to partner together, um, let's let's do that together. Amen. Amen. Let's just hang on just for another moment or two uh, before we do a, an official dismissal, and uh, and let's let's pray and uh, let's just ask God to continue to move in our hearts. And if you want to move and uh, join us in this time, uh, we'd enjoy, we'd love for you to do that. Amen. Hey, we just want to, uh, we're going to pray for unity here, and we, we know that God hasn't called us to uh, spectator Christianity, and I love that we can be family together, and God doesn't call us to, you know, to, uniformity isn't unity, so I'm happy that everyone didn't just come up here and stand in a line and say, sir, yes, sir, you know, we live in a country where they force uniformity, but there's no unity, the country's still at unrest, uh, but I love that we live in a free country here, and we're part of a free um, relationship with Jesus that he called us to authentic unity uh, and so if you would just pray with us if you have to go that's fine we're not no one's holding you hostage here um, but if you you know we'd love for you to pray with us as well because it's not by our power it's by all of us coming together and worshiping Jesus does that make sense all right thank you from my
really moving and I hope he's moving in your hearts like he is up here and uh, we know that 
God has a plan for each of us. And I love that analogy that we are all players in the game. And uh, we're not all the same, but we do have moves to make. And at the right time, at the right place, God calls us and he moves us and he helps us uh, to discern which ways to go. And uh, how many want to be used by God in a powerful way? Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Let me pray. Hallelujah. Father, I pray, God, that you would put your hand upon our lives, that you would move in a powerful way through each and every one of us. Lord, that you would direct our steps, order our steps, and like you promised to Joshua, wherever his feet went, Lord, he claimed ground for you. And Lord, I pray that we would be people that can claim ground for you, that we'd make a difference for your glory, for your honor. Lord, this Memorial Day weekend, help us to make a difference in someone's life. Lord, we pray it in Jesus' wonderful name. And all God's people said together, amen. Amen. God bless you.